holds on, but not too tightly. This is one of the keys, my brothers and sisters, to doing God's will on this earth. It's also one of the keys to helping other people to do the will of God in their lives. Holding on, in the sense that I'm using the expression in this homily, is something that all of us do every day, whether we're conscious of it or not. Specifically, we hold on to other people. That is to say, we rely on them, we develop bonds of friendship and affection with them. We do that because we're social beings. As John Donne, the poet, once said, no man is an island. We grow up in families, we attend schools, we live in neighborhoods and communities. This is how God created us. In fact, it's one of the reasons why his son established a church, a community of believers. As we're told in the very first paragraph of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, God calls together all men, scattered and divided by sin, into the unity of his family, the Church. But there's a danger that comes with holding on to other people in this life, and we need to be aware of it. The danger is that we will hold on to them too tightly. That happens whenever we try to control or manipulate somebody for our own selfish ends. By putting them, for example, on a guilt trip. Have you ever heard something like this on your voicemail or answering machine? Hello, Johnny? This is your mother calling. You remember me, don't you? I'm the lady who brought you into this world 25 years ago, after three horrible days of labor, by the way, just to remind you. I'm also the one who made those sacrifices for you all those years. I hope you come and see me soon. I'm so lonely, you know. I just sit around here all day and look at these four ugly walls. And then I cry. But don't worry about me. I know you've got your own life to live. Goodbye, have a nice day. <laughs> have you ever heard anything like that before? That's a perfect illustration of what it means to hold on to somebody too tightly. Now, if we're being honest, we'll admit that this is a state of mind that can really affect any one of us, at least from time to time. But I would say that parents are especially vulnerable to it simply because of their great love for their children. In fact, I think there are many men and women in this world right now who actually married the wrong person because their parents hung on too tightly, held on too tightly, interfered. Many marriages have broken up for the same reason. Whenever we try to control or manipulate another human being, even if we do it in the name of love, we're holding on to them too tightly, much too tightly. This is also a tendency, of course, that we have to battle whenever we lose a loved one, whenever a loved one passes away. As many of us know by experience, letting go of loved ones who've died sometimes is extremely difficult. Those of you who were blessed to have your parents for 70 or 80 years, those of you who lost your spouse after 40 or 50 years of marriage, you know exactly what I'm talking about, do you not? It was a struggle, and perhaps still is a struggle, for you to let go of them on an emotional level. I knew a woman many years ago who was deeply in love with her husband. They had a beautiful marriage. They'd been married, married over 40 years. They were constantly together. One day at work, the husband had a 
massive heart attack and died shortly thereafter. The wife was a woman who was in church every Sunday and sometimes even during the week. But in her grief, she actually tried to take her own life a few months after her husband passed away. That shocked me. I said, how could she do that? Then I realized she was holding on to her husband much too tightly. She needed to work through it. She needed to let go of him, even though it would be extremely painful and difficult for her to do that. Why do you mention this today, Father Ray? Well, I mention it today because this is exactly what Abraham had to do with respect to his son Isaac. It's also what Peter, James, and John had to do with respect to Jesus. In asking Abraham to sacrifice his son on Mount Moriah, God was challenging him to let go. In effect, the Lord was saying to him, Look, Abraham, I know how much you love this boy. He's the child you waited a hundred years to have. He's the child of the promise, the child through which my promises to you will be fulfilled. And I have a marvelous plan for his life. Will you, Abraham, allow me to fulfill that plan? Or will you stand in the way? Your job as a parent is to love and care for your son. Your job as a parent is to instruct him in the truth. Your job as a parent is to affirm him in the good he does and to discipline him when necessary. But you are not the Lord of his life. I am. So do not cling to him too tightly. Let go of him now, so that he'll be free to do what I want him to do and fulfill my perfect plan for his life. Something similar happens in the story of the transfiguration of Jesus, which we heard a few moments ago in that gospel text from Mark chapter 9. Remember, when this event occurred, occurred historically, Peter, James, and John had been living with Jesus for three years. And in the process, they had come to rely on his physical presence with them. That's completely understandable. Whenever they wanted help, whenever they wanted guidance, whenever they wanted direction, all they had to do was walk up to Jesus and ask him for it. And they did. That was okay. We all would have done the same thing had we been in their shoes. But within a few short weeks, all that was going to change. Jesus would be crucified. He would never be with them again in exactly the same way. Yes, it's true. He would be with them always spiritually and sacramentally, but that's different than the way he was with them in those three years he was walking around Palestine. So to prepare them for this radical change, Jesus allowed Peter, James, and John to get a glimpse of his divinity on Mount Tabor. His message to them was, Gentlemen, remember what you see here. You've been holding on to me tightly for three years by relying on my physical presence with you. But within a few weeks, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be taken away. And you're going to be forced to let go. Yeah, I want you to know I'm still going to be with you. In fact, I'll be with you always till the end of the world. See me transfigured. See my divinity. So you'll still be able to hold on to me. But you'll have to learn to do it in a very different way. Eventually, thanks be to God, Peter, James, and John learned that lesson. So did Abraham with respect to Isaac. He held on to his son in love, as any good father would, but not too tightly.
Let's pray that in our relationships with other human beings on this earth, especially our relatives and close friends, let's pray that we will do the same thing.